0: Welcome to Alpha and Omega Ministries International. This ministry is committed to bringing apostolic alignment and restoration of the values and principles of the Kingdom of God to the Body of Christ. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our time together this this evening on our side, morning on the other side of the world. We thank you for means of technology and we bless you as we come to your throne of grace. As we sit around your word, we pray that you would give us, Lord, your spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. We pray that you would give us eyes to see truth, ears that we can hear the truth, and a heart that embraces and submits to the truth. Thank you for growing us in the knowledge of your word. And we decree and declare today in the name of Jesus that the things that we learn, we will put them into practice. We will not just be hearers of the word, but doers of your word according to your word. So we thank you for it and we bless you today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to continue on the theme and on the subject of prayer as we have been doing for several weeks now. And today we are doing part eight. What we're going to look at today is the different kinds of prayer that the New Testament mentions. The New Testament teaches that there is more than one kind of prayer. So we're going to Uh, look at it closer and study. We will not be able to cover the entire subject today, but we will cover as much as we can. In, um, In opening up once again the lesson on prayer, let me say the following in regards to prayer. Every revival in the history of the church since the day of Pentecost started through the ministry of prayer. We read in Acts chapter 1, verse 14, that these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And in verse 4, we read, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rising mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. So the day of Pentecost was birthed through the ministry of continued persevering prayer by the disciples and others who joined them in the upper room. If we want those sudden interventions of God showing up in the power of His Spirit in our lives, then we're going to have to learn to stay in prayer. Every God ordained an anointed ministry was birthed through the ministry of prayer. The birth of Samuel, if you read Samuel chapter 1 and chapter 2 in the Old Testament, you will see there that Samuel was the result of a praying mother. His birth was the result of a praying mother. The ministry of Nehemiah was birthed and commissioned through the ministry of prayer. So prayer is not only foundational, but it is also a tool that God uses to prepare our hearts and our minds for the work he has assigned us to do. Failure in prayer, I believe, is failure on the mission field or wherever the Lord has placed us, or whatever the Lord has assigned us to do. When we pray, we communicate to God a strong message of dependence and humility. It's like saying to God that, Lord, we cannot do it on our own. We need you. We trust in you. We hope in you. And we wait on you. That's what prayer communicates to the Father in heaven. Now, as we read through the Bible, we will see, and you will bear witness to that, that ignorant and uneducated people in the history of the church brought great honor and glory to God, not because they were uneducated, but because they prayed. The Bible says that the disciples were ignorant and uneducated people. That's what the Pharisees called them. Yet because they prayed and because they remained in the presence of the Lord, they did great and wonderful things in His name. Miracles were wrought by their hands, and great signs and wonders were done through their faith, not because they were uneducated, but because they prayed. Unless and until the church learns to pray, we will continue to wander around in the wilderness of wishing and hoping that God would show up in our meetings and in our spheres of influence. So it is important that we receive the revelation of the necessity and the importance of of prayer in our lives and I believe that every disciple of Jesus if you've been born again whether you have just recently been born again or you've been in the Lord for years one of the things that you need to establish in your life is a consistent prayer life you will not grow in your faith you will not advance in the knowledge of the Lord unless you establish a prayer life, one that is consistent, one that is regular, and one that, that you value and spend time with every day. Now, let's get on to our subject for this morning or this afternoon, the different kinds of prayer. Our foundational scripture is taken from Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to read two verses, verse 18 and 19. I am going to read verse 18 from the NIV translation as well. So turn to Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to read these two verses. Paul, writing to the church in Ephesus, in chapter 6 and verse 18, he, he teaches them and he talks about prayer. This is what he says. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Now, if you, if you look at verse 18, the New King James Version says, praying always with all prayer and supplication. The NIV says it this way, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Notice the words pray with all kinds of prayers and requests so that that gives us an understanding that there is more than one kind of prayer amen do you see that Praying always with all kinds of prayer. In the ministry of prayer that God has given to the believer, there are different kinds of prayers. Now, each kind has its place and different rules and principles apply to each kind of prayer. Now, what we have done, though, as a result of ignorance, many times we placed all prayer in the same bag, we shook it all up, and then applied the wrong rules to the wrong kinds of prayer. And let me explain it's like playing basketball, with, uh, it's like applying basketball rules to the baseball game. You can't do that. Every game in the sports arena has different rules. Am I right? It's like applying soccer rules to a game of rugby or cricket. You can't do that. Even so, in the ministry of prayer, we need to know what kind of rules apply to each kind of prayer. Let me give you an example. The prayer of committal or the prayer of dedication is a very different prayer to the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith has different rules and principles to the prayer of intercession. In praying the prayer of committal or dedication, you might not be sure of what the will of the Lord is So you are allowed to add an if to your prayer. Example, Jesus prayed this prayer before he went to the cross more than once. In fact, he prayed the same prayer three times. You remember? He said, Father, if it is your will Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And Jesus prayed this prayer more than once, using the word, if. Now, in this case, Jesus was committing himself to the will of the Father, and asking God the Father, if there is any other way for him to save mankind without going to the cross. Therefore, he added the word if. Raise your hand if you understand what I'm talking about. Now, you might be praying for something and you don't know the will of God. You don't know which area to live in. If you moved into an area recently, you don't know which house to buy. You don't know which church to attend. You may add the word, if Lord, if it is your will. I don't know if that is your will, but if it is your will, I will go in the direction of your will. Now, you can pray this prayer the same prayer as many times as you need until the will of God is made clear to you and you know what God wills for you. Because there are some things that are not very clear. They're not written in Scripture. Like who to marry, where to live, what church to belong to. Amen? Are you with me? So, you are allowed to to add the word if. Now, in the prayer of faith, if you're praying the prayer of faith, there are no ifs in the prayer of faith. Because that indicates doubt. Once you know the will of God on the matter, you pray the prayer of faith, and you add an amen to it, And that is it. You don't pray that same prayer again and again and again and again. Because if you pray it again and again, it's like you nullified the first prayer you prayed in faith. Are you with me? After you pray the prayer of faith because you know the will of God, the only thing left to do is to offer thanks and praise to God... And begin to receive your answer. Thank you, Lord, for answered prayer. For instance, when you're praying for health and healing for your body, you know what the will of God says concerning that. There's no question what the will of God is in that matter. So you pray the prayer of faith. And the prayer of faith, the Bible says, will save the sick. Now, in the prayer of faith, there are no ifs. Oh Lord, if it's your will, then you would heal me. That's not the prayer of faith. Amen? Now, you pray the prayer of faith only once. A good example of this kind of prayer, for instance, if you yourself are in a situation where you need wisdom from God... The Word of God reveals that God gives wisdom to everyone who asks as long as he asks in faith. Listen to what the Word says in James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given him. But... Let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So if you are in a situation where you need wisdom to make wise decisions... You approach God the Father in the name of Jesus. You ask for wisdom, and when you do, you give thanks and thank Him for giving you that wisdom. You begin to receive. Lord, thank you for giving me your wisdom. I receive it by faith. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You don't keep asking God for the same thing again and again and again for the same situation, for wisdom. He's already given it to you. Receive it by faith, go your way, and make that decision trusting that the wisdom of God is directing your affairs. Amen? Amen. Now, let me also say another principle when it comes, share with you another rule when it comes to the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is the kind of prayer that you pray f- primarily for your own needs and your own desires. Jesus said in Mark 11:24, "Whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them." Notice the words that Jesus uses in this prayer. This is found in Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Jesus is teaching on the prayer of faith. This is what he taught. He says, whatever you desire, not whatever somebody else desires, whatever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now, we cannot pray the prayer of faith and declare our desires on someone else because their unbelief will nullify our prayer. You cannot override somebody else's unbelief. You cannot exercise your faith on behalf of somebody else unless that person you're praying for comes into agreement with you. That's another kind of prayer that is called the prayer of agreement. Jesus taught on that prayer in Matthew 18, verse 19. Now, we may desire one thing and they may desire another. Now, Kenneth E. Hagin, a man of God, was mightily used by God. He went home to be with the Lord back in 2002, I think. He was approached by one of his Bible school students once, and the the student complained to him that this kind of the prayer of faith that he's been learning and being taught in the Bible school doesn't really work. And he came to that conclusion because he prayed the prayer of faith for his uncle to be healed, and instead of the uncle being healed, he died. So he came to Brother Hagen and he said, This kind this prayer of faith doesn't really work. Now, wise old Hagen asked him a question. He said, Son, what did your uncle desire? What did he want? Did he desire to be healed? He was up old in age. The young man said, No, he wanted to go home and be with the Lord. Well, Hagen answered, your uncle got what he desired, and not what you desired for him. Do you see that? Many believers make this mistake, the prayers don't get answered, and then they blame God, or they blame the man who taught them the prayer of faith, or they turn around and say, this this stuff doesn't work for me. Remember, each kind of prayer has different rules and different principles. You cannot apply the same principle on every kind of prayer. Amen? Now, for me, I would say that when I pray the prayer of faith for my own needs, for my own desires, it's between me and God, I have received answers to my prayers of faith, And I know that the prayer of faith works. But I've also experienced a lot of disappointments when I prayed and I prayed in faith for someone else. And instead of getting an answer to my prayer, it went the other way. Some of them died. So the faith of another person is very much needed or his agreement when you're praying this kind of prayer. Hello. Amen. Now, the prayer of intercession, now this is another kind of prayer. We talked about intercession and we talked about petition. The prayer of intercession on the other hand is the kind of prayer that you pray on behalf of other people. In this prayer, we are dealing with a whole different things and different rules apply to this kind of prayer. In the prayer of intercession, you don't pray that prayer once and you stop and you never pray it again for an individual or for a situation that you are interceding about on behalf of someone else. You continue to intercede and persevere in prayer Praying and asking God to intervene in the life of someone else. Therefore, you stay with a request. You persevere with a request and you pray that prayer again and again until you receive a note of victory in your spirit that your prayer has been answered. Well, In this prayer of intercession, we exercise our authority against spiritual wickedness in the high places that influence and dominate the thinking of other people we're praying for. That is why we have to persevere. That is why we have to stay in prayer. This kind of prayer is classified as spiritual warfare. We cannot override the unbelief or the will of another person through our faith. They need to believe God for themselves. So our struggle in the prayer of intercession is to bind those forces of the evil one who mislead, deceive, and blind the people we are praying for. That is why we have to persevere and continue to push through and intercede on behalf of these people that we're praying for. So there are different rules that apply. In the prayer of intercession, as I have mentioned, you come back to it again and again and again until either you see the answer to your prayer or you receive a note of victory. What do I mean by that? Sometimes the note of victory is that God gives you an inward peace or a knowing in your heart. You know that you know that you know that your prayer has been answered. In other cases, a note of victory could be you could break out into um, what I call... Uh, You start laughing in the Spirit. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but there were times when I was praying for certain things that I broke out with great laughter. Now, I I didn't do that myself. I was prompted to by the Spirit, and I knew that my prayer was heard and answered. Other times you may break out into singing in the Spirit. That's a note of victory. It's like God telling you, okay, now, you can can rest, you can praise God. I've heard your prayer, I've heard your intercession. Everything is taken care of. Now, it may not look like it in the natural, but you have the witness of the Spirit within you and this note of victory that the matter has been dealt with. Amen. Has any one of you experienced such kind of manifestations? You will if you spend time in prayer, especially praying for other people. Now, as you can see, there are different kinds of prayers taught in the New Testament and different principles applied to each one of them. Now, let me briefly just outline the different kinds of prayers. First of all, we have the prayer of praise and thanksgiving. We have the prayer of intercession and supplication. We have the prayer of agreement. We have the prayer of faith. We have the prayer of committal or commitment or dedication. And we have... The prayer, uh, did, we, did I mention the prayer of agreement? Yes. And then we have united prayer, where a group of people lift up the voice in one accord and they pray the same prayer. That's called united prayer. So, there is the prayer of praise and thanksgiving, the prayer of intercession and supplication, the prayer of agreement, the prayer of committal, the prayer of um, the prayer of faith, and united prayer. Can you remember all of that? I doubt it, unless you're taking notes. That's why you need to bring your notebook and take notes. Okay, let's look at, for a few moments, the prayer of praise and thanksgiving. The prayer of praise and thanksgiving. Some say that this is the highest form of prayer in the Bible. And throughout the Bible, the Word of God exhorts us to praise and to give thanks to God because He alone is God and He alone is worthy of our praise. Now, Thanksgiving gives us an audience with God and praise brings us into the presence of the Lord. Now, I don't know how much time we got and we'll probably, I don't think we will be able to cover this because I don't want to give you too much to chew on This morning or this afternoon. So I'm going to close the session there and we're going to go deeper next week into the prayer of praise and thanksgiving. It is a powerful prayer and every time we praise God in faith, God shows up on the scene. So remember, when we talk about prayer, it's not just one kind of prayer. There are different kinds of prayer. And you need to remember that each kind of prayer has different rules and different principles that apply to it. And we need to know these principles. Most times what we do is for ourselves, when we're praying for ourselves, we pray over and over and over the same prayer again. And when we pray for other people, we just mention them once and we never bother to pray again for them. That's just reversing the rules. It doesn't work. And there are many examples in the New Testament where Jesus taught on this prayer of intercession where we need to come back to it and persevere and push through and remain faithful in prayer until the Lord breaks through in the situation. Amen? Did you get something out of this teaching tonight? Or this, this morning? Have you... How many of you have heard this kind of teaching before? Can I see your hand? Those that I see on the screen. Well, obviously, Michael and Stephen have. I must have taught on it in church many times. Yes, sir. Oh, confirming. All right. Are we ready for communion? I want to take a little longer for communion uh, in this session because the Lord laid something important on my heart to share with you. And it's important that we spend a little bit more time on it than usual. So, um, Josh, don't give the emblems yet just wait until i finish the 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 uh, the teaching on it and then we will we will participate together i want you to turn to 1 corinthians 1 corinthians and we're going to read from chapter 11 verse 23 to 32. 1st Corinthians chapter 11 verse 23 to 32. Can I begin? All right, Paul is speaking here, writing to the church in Corinth, and he says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. Paul says that the reason... Many Corinthians were weak, they were sick, and many died prematurely was because they did not discern the Lord's body. And we're going to examine that. What does it mean to discern rightly the Lord's body or not discerning the Lord's body? Because he says... Notice what he says. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you and many sleep because you do not discern the Lord's body. Now the word discern means to distinguish, to see through, or to see the light, or to judge correctly. The best definition that I that 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 I like is to see through. That's what it means to discern. What was it that the Corinthians were not seeing? Not discerning. What was it that they not they were not judging correctly? And that's what we're going to answer in this teaching as we receive communion because it's important that you understand what Paul was referring to so that we don't fall into the same mistake that the Corinthians fell into. Now, they could not see that the Lord's body was broken for them so they could receive healing and health For the physical bodies. Jesus shed his blood for the remission of our sins. But his body received stripes and was broken for what? What was the purpose of the broken body? It was for our physical health and healing. The blood for our sins and the broken body so that we may walk in healing and health today. Isaiah says in Isaiah 53, it's important that you find these verses and read them together with me. Isaiah 53 verse 4 and 5. Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5. Are you there? Okay. Let's read. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Not going to be... We are. Do you see that? Another translation in the NIV says it this way. Surely he took up our pain, and he bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Do you see that? Now, Peter confirms the same words, the same blessing of healing in 1 Peter 2.24. 1 Peter 2.24. Turn there. And read it for yourself in your own Bible. First Peter, two twenty four. Are we there? Okay, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Past tense. Amen. You, who's he talking to? He's talking to the church. He's talking to the believers, the born again believers. He says, "By His stripes, you were healed. You not. God is not going to heal you. He has already done it." Amen. So, what does the Lord wants us to see when we remember the broken body of the Lord? I believe he wants us to discern and judge ourselves physically healed and restored because Jesus took our sickness and our infirmities in his own body on the cross. If he bare them or bore them and he took them, is there a need for us to bear and carry them again? What's the purpose in that? Amen? Now, let's look at another verse of Scripture. The Bible says, By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word will be established. We're not taking Scriptures out of context. We are taking two, and I'm giving you a third Scripture, referring to the same blessing. Matthew 8, verse 16 and 17. Matthew chapter 8 verse 16 and 17 reading from the New King James Version. The Gospel according to St. Matthew chapter 8 verses 16 and 17. Okay. When evening had come they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and healed all who were sick. How many did Jesus heal? All who were sick were healed, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So when Jesus went to the cross, he didn't just take your sin and the sin of the entire world in his own body, but he also took your sickness, your disease, your infirmities on his own body, in his body. The stripes he received was for our healing and health. You have a right to be healed because you are a child of God. And in fact, the Bible says that God has already healed you through Jesus Christ, through the stripes of the Lord Jesus. Now, let me say this. Failure to see and discern ourselves healed will result in us being weak, sick, and even die prematurely. Because we fail to discern that the broken body of the Lord Jesus was broken indeed for our physical healing. So let me ask you a question. What do you see? Do you see yourself strong in the Lord? Do you see yourself healed because of what Jesus did for you? Do you see yourself living out your years into a ripe old age or do you see yourself dying young? Many carry secret fears of sickness and disease and dying young. And I'm talking about believers. I'm not talking about the sinner. Amen? How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself healed and whole? Or do you see yourself constantly sick and diseased? It's important. What you see you will receive the bible the law of the bible is what you see is what you get what do you see with the eye of faith what do you see with the eyes of your imagination do you see yourself whole and healed and restored do you see yourself strong in the lord and in the power of his might do you see yourself living out your years living long and strong Or, do you see yourself dying early? Do you see yourself sick? Do you see yourself diseased? Now, why do I ask you those questions? Because Jesus said that the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. Amen? Amen. If all you see is sickness and weakness and disease and all you talk about is your sickness and your disease, your whole body will be full of it. But... If you discern the body of the Lord Jesus rightly discern and see that his body was broken so that I could walk in divine health and healing today then you your body will be full of health and healing and strength yeah. Do not underestimate the power of vision and imagination Proverbs says, where there is no godly vision, the people perish. So I want to restore your vision today, so that when we take bread today and break it, when we break the bread, the broken body of the Lord, See yourself, receive your healing, receive your health, because it's already been purchased on the cross. It belongs to you, just like your right arm belongs to you, your right leg belongs to you. You don't have to beg God to heal you. It's already yours. All you need to do is receive it by faith. And when symptoms attack your body, you need to be strong in faith and resist those symptoms in the name of the Lord and declare the word of the Lord over your body. Amen. That's what I wanted to emphasize today. These people, the Corinthians that Paul wrote to, he said, for this reason, many are weak and sick and many died prematurely because you do not discern, rightly discern the body of the Lord. Praise God. Are we ready now to participate and to receive the bread and the wine? So I'm going to ask whoever is the usher there to hand the emblems out so that we can receive together. Let's pray and give thanks to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you loved us so much you sent Jesus to die on a cruel and rugged cross. Your word declares that his body was broken and bruised and bleeding and the stripes he received was for our own healing for your word declares by his wounds and by his stripes ye were healed we thank you for divine health and healing and lord we receive that healing today and we thank you for it thank you for giving us through the broken body of the lord longevity, long life, that we decree and declare that we will live our days here on earth to the full. For you promise that with long life you will satisfy us and show us your salvation. So receive our thanks today. We thank you for healing us, for restoring us, spirit, soul, emotional, and mind and body. In Jesus' name, amen. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Lord Jesus, thank you for your shed blood. Thank you that through your shedding, through the shedding of your blood, you have forgiven our sins. And we thank you for this forgiveness that you have freely given us. Thank you that we've entered into a new covenant with you. A covenant that cannot be broken. Thank you that you signed this covenant in your own precious blood. We bless and praise you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources and more information about this ministry, come and visit us at www.alphaomegaint.org.za.